So a few years ago, I found myself in an acute depression. And it took me a while to realize that that was going on because I had never experienced it before. And when it happened, um, it was because at that time I had gone through a series of really difficult sort of life encounters, sort of one after another, and I wasn't able to regain my footing before sort of another big wave rolled in. And after a few times of this, one after another, these waves coming, I found myself just staying down and not trying to get back up. And so for a few months, um, I was in a depression. And when I started coming out of that state, when my mind started clearing just a little bit, enough for the fog to just start lifting, I realized that in order to have gotten so drugged down, so overwhelmed and laid out, that my seed of joy was very undernourished. And once I was able to come out of my depression a little bit more, I started on a path. I started on a journey to figure out what it meant to cultivate joy. And where I first started was asking myself, what is joy? What, what does that mean? What, what is that quality? What do I see joy as? And I started to unpack that quality of being. What is joy? Hmm. And I realized I had a lot of false notions about what I thought both joy and happiness were at that time. And so first I had to start dissecting these false ideas and really getting to the root of, uh, getting to the root of it. And I didn't feel like I had any role models or people to sort of guide me on this path of cultivating joy. So I sort of just stumbled through it and found my own way and came up with my own practices of things to do to help me water, nourish, and strengthen the quality of joy in my life. Now, I've heard it described before, the difference between joy and happiness Let's see if I can get it. Um, so joy is like if you're if you're traveling through the desert, joy is seeing an oasis of water, and you see it on the horizon, and you you're close, and you're like, oh my gosh, there's water, right? <laughs> Happiness comes after you've drank the water, after you've satiated your thirst. That's how I've ha heard it described before. For me, I realized one of the biggest false notions I had was that joy was something that just happened as a byproduct when everything sort of was going my way. Yeah, like everything was in alignment. I found everything pleasant. People were doing what I thought they should be doing, acting how I thought they should be acting. 
everything was going according to plan. And joy was just sort of resulted from that state. And that's a really detrimental view. And I, I would imagine most of us share similar views to that. And so joy was outside of my hands, I realized. When I really started looking into it, I, I realized that, oh, joy is just something that happens. I have no control over joy. And that's not correct. That wasn't correct. And so I, I started on this path, and I came up with a few things to do in moving in this direction of angling myself in the direction of joy. And one of those things was to do the things that I enjoyed doing. And it may sound really simple or, you know, <laughs> like, oh, of course. Um, but when we really look at our cultural sort of setup, you know, um, the quality of joy is greatly undervalued. And it's very easily discounted as an unimportant component of well-being, of spiritual well-being, mental well-being, emotional well-being, even physical well-being. And collectively, we give more street cred to suffering, to struggling, to hardship, to feelings of upset, as though those feelings we're more authentic to our actual experience. Whereas joy, we kind of just swipe it to the side and we're like, eh, you know, that's nice and all, but it's not really important. So joyfulness is not something we invest in or make time for. And prioritizing in our, it, in, it in our life, you know, forget about it. <laughs> you know, that's not a thing most of us do. That's not what we're trained and taught. Um... So to start making time for the things that I enjoy doing, it took me a little while. It took me a lot of recalibrating um, to really be okay with doing that and not discrediting those moments as like, oh, these are frivolous. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. I should be doing this. You know, when really doing what we enjoy doing, there is a lot of benefit and value in that. And we've forgotten yeah, we have forgotten. Um, so I made a list, actually. I made a list at that time of all the things that I like doing. And it took me a little while, you know, because I was like, oh, what do, what do I like to do? And I came up with a list of small things and larger things. And it, it was important to have a mix of both. Um, something that I could do regularly. And as I started doing it regularly, making time for the things that I enjoyed, I started seeing the benefits very quickly, and I started sort of amping up that practice so that I was doing something every single day that I enjoyed doing. I made a choice, and I prioritized that choice to do something that I enjoyed doing, even if it was really small, even if it was just dancing it out to my favorite song or just listening to my favorite song or... It's just something little, um, but every day doing something. And that was where I started with where, uh, where I was at. Um, my first step in starting to water the seed of joy. This next thing I started doing was as I put together a gratitude practice. And as I've come to learn um, from my own experience, the seeds of gratitude and the seeds of joy, they're companion seeds in the garden. 
they're right next to each other. And when you water one, you're automatically watering the other. So I came up with a gratitude practice, a few different ones over the years. I think I started out with doing a journal, you know, every day, at the end of the day, coming up with three things that I was grateful for. Um, and then I've tried out different things over the years. And this is a practice for me that still continues. Every day I have a gratitude practice that I put intentional energy into. And for me, I do it in the mornings after I do my sitting meditation practice. Um, and I have gotten so much out of making it an intentional practice <laughs> to connect with gratitude every single day. Um, it's a deep well, this uh, practice of gratitude. So I, I did that. I continue to do that. Another thing that I like to talk about that I did um, when I started this new path a few years ago was I started regularly visiting the Good News Network online. And I had always wanted to be um, an informed person, <laughs> a knower of the news. I wanted to be able to engage with the news in a way that I could stay grounded and balanced, but I wasn't there. Every time I would encounter the news, I would just grow cynical and deflated and uh, frustrated, and I, I, I just got overwhelmed by the news. But so as I, can, as I started on this path and as I grew, grew a little bit stronger in this practice of cultivating joy, I started visiting the Good News Network on a daily basis with the intention that if, I, if that was my only news source for a certain period of time, once my foundation was even stronger, I'd be able to re-engage with the world and local news. That was my intention. So I spent, gosh, I don't know, maybe four, five, six months solely looking at the Good News Network and building up my foundation of joy. And eventually I was able to start dipping into the local and world news. Now this was a few years ago, and um, I found it incredibly helpful. And what I would do is I would go on the world news for a sh short period of time, um, and then I would end my news cycle with the Good News Network. So I would end on a high note, on an uplifting note. And um, this was really helpful for me. And now, as time has grown on, now I'm able to stay balanced, to find what works for me in regards to consuming the world news. Um, and I only go on the Good News Network every once in a while. I go on especially if there's been a, a particularly heavy-hearted news day, I'll end with the Good News Network. Um, but So that was one of the things I did that um, assisted me at that time. As time went on and my practice grew stronger with this particular aspect of cultivating joy, I realized that in order to continue with this, I needed to be able to bring my sense of well-being, my sense of joyfulness into a variety of situations. And so I took it on as a practice to slowly and intentionally start expanding my comfort zone and finding small ways in order to start stepping outside of my comfort zone and taking my joyful practice with me. 
and uh, because I realized, you know, that if I wanted it to continue to grow stronger, I needed to be able to apply it in a variety of situations with a variety of people um, and doing things I, you know, wasn't my favorite thing to be doing or I didn't want to be doing it and to start sort of testing out the waters of taking this practice with me wherever I went. So I would look for those opportunities where I could expand my comfort zone slowly using my own level of discernment and intelligence because that's important um, because there were some things I wasn't ready for. Um, so I had to know you know, myself well enough to, okay, yeah, this is, I can do this. Nope, that might be too much right now. You know, um, and sort of pick and choose where those moments were. And this is a practice I also still continue um, and find incredibly valuable um, comfort zone expansion practice. <laughs> Have practice, we'll travel. So today, so it's been a few years now since I started, uh, since I first started on this journey of cultivating joy. And it, maybe it's been eight maybe it's even been nine years and in the last couple of years one of the things I've been doing that has taken me to sort of a new part of the path with cultivating joy is going on solo sojourns and going on solo trips by myself and I've gotten a lot of mm, just uh, wonderful moments and opportunities in doing this particular thing <laughs> lately, going on these solo trips. The more that I am able to befriend myself, to be comfortable in my own skin, the more I can take joy with me on my own, like be my own entertainment and uh, my own friend and um, really get well acquainted with myself, the more my practice blooms and comes to fruition. And these trips have just been phenomenal for my practice. And it's, it's uh, continuing me on this journey of cultivating joy. It's been, it's been just lovely. So this is one of the ways that I uh, continue, because this is an ongoing practice. Cultivating joy is not something I invest time into for a short period of time, and then I'm good to go. This is an everyday, ongoing practice, and it gets stronger and stronger um, as I go along. It's important to mention that cultivating joy is not about disregarding or turning away from suffering or hardship or challenges. And a lot of people make this mistake when I talk about this particular topic. Cultivating joy is about not disregarding or turning away from all the causes and conditions that exist within and around us that are positive and beautiful and amazing and wonderful because those exist too. So cultivating joy is not about shunning, turning away from suffering. It's about not turning away from joy and happiness and all the conditions for joy and happiness that also exist at the same time. 
regardless of what else is going on. So it's about expanding our perspective, not losing sight of how much there is to be grateful for, how much there is to be amazed by <laughs> and in all over. There's so many good people out there, so many good things happening. And if we're only acquainted with suffering, with hardship, with struggle, we're only, we're only looking at part of the picture, right? Our tendency towards suffering is very strong, and it will speak in honeyed tones about why it's more legit than developing joy in our lives. So it's important to be aware of this. It's very common. And our voice of suffering is very convincing. So when it arises, if you choose to start on this path of cultivating joy in your own life, speak gently with that voice when it arises. Befriend it. And from that place of befriending, explain to it that you're investing in another choice right now. You're choosing jo joy. You're choosing joy. Because it is a choice. It is a choice that we can make with intention. It's not just something that happens. We have an active role. We are an active participant in cultivating joy. And this reality is incredibly important. Because it's the only way we're going to get anywhere with it. The more we think joy is up to someone else to create, the more we'll spend our whole lives just chasing after it to no avail. So befriend that old habit energy voice when it comes up. Speak gently with it. And let it know that you'll come back to it at another time. You'll take good care of those feelings of difficulty, of suffering, of struggle, of hardship. But right now you're choosing joy. So I hope... Uh, some of that is helpful, is of uh, benefit to people. And I could share all day uh, on this topic. <laughs> it's very alive for me. And I've gotten just, my whole life has turned around from this practice. I've gotten so much out of it. Um, and at this point, I'm, I'm so grateful for that period of depression a few years ago. Because without it, I n never would have come, come upon this practice of joy and gotten to where I am now, um, which feels pretty darn good. I feel in a pretty darn good spot. <laughs> um, and uh, joy is a practice that travels well with me. And thank goodness for that.